Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Feel free to take your shoes off, your shirt off, your hat off, whatever you want. Take it off. Come on into the living room here today, everybody. We got a big show planned and sitting by the fireside, our very good friend, Brad Gilmore. Brad, thank you so much for taking the time to chat some pro wrestling with us here today. I can never take enough time to talk pro wrestling throughout my day. And and I think that you might be a, a better dance partner to have this conversation with than my wife, who, by the way, has become all in on wrestling, by the way, in recent memory. We've watched almost every A&E documentary, and it's been going great. She loves, like, pro wrestling now. So Dude, it's a win in the Gilmore house. There's something in the air right now, man. I mean, we're going to get to it here because there's some big numbers that are coming in across yeah. the board for WWE and AEW. But similar oh, on my end over here because they brought uh, the first episode of Collision to Chicago, and my yeah. wife has – uh, dutifully watched me cover the uh, CM Punk story probably closer than I uh, uh, mentally should. And uh, so she wanted to be there when Punk came back to kind of see the, what it was all about. She'd never been to an AEW show. Oh, we wow. go, we watch this thing. She had such a great time. She's like, they're coming back on Wednesday? I was like, yeah, they're coming back for Dynamite. Well, let's go to that, right? So two shows in a row, man. And what she's more all, can you she's ask for? All up in it these days, you know? <laughs> That's no. awesome, man. And you know what? I will say, for people who have never seen pro wrestling live, especially, and you know what? i got to give AEW props up here uh, at the top because I've been to an AEW show a couple of times when they come to town in Houston. I'm in Houston. By the way, uh, happy 713 day to all my Houstonians out there. Uh, but every time they come to Houston, I get to go, and they have a great live show, like a live AEW show and the energy in the building. Um, sure. You know, it's, it's, it's always a fun time. So I'm not shocked that your wife loved the show, especially Collision. That was a hype show. That was a real hype show, man. And Collision has been on a roll here recently as well. You know, I, I've checked out a couple things with her uh, in the world of AEW land recently. And I got her to watch some Bloodline stuff with me the other night because I'd come back for Money in the Bank. And I was like, Liz, I have to watch what happened here between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. I would be, uh, I would be derelict of duty if I didn't watch this. And she watched that enjoyed that as well. So... Man, look, and, we and met, we married well, Nick. What can we say? 
Teddy Long said it last week on the show. He said we're in a new era, and it's like a kind of a throwaway kind of comment in some regard because, like, what is an era, right? But I put online, like, what do we call this era? And, man, that thing's been lighting up. I think people – there's a vibe right now where we are kind of into something new and different that kind of feels – I mean, like I say, it feels different than what we had maybe even five years ago. The, the scene has changed. The landscape has changed. The tone has changed. I don't know if that resonates with you, you know? No, 100%. It just feels like wrestling is more in the conversation than it ever has been. The opening monologue last night at the ESPYs, um, you know, they had to make sure they shouted out Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch in the crowd. They both got big pops in front of a sports-heavy audience. And it just shows the mainstreamness of not only WWE, but pro wrestling coming back to the to the forefront. And even when you think about all the superstars and people who are now in uh, movies and television shows, TV shows about wrestling in the last five years coming out like Heels and Glow and anything else in between. It definitely feels like, if not a new era, there's a newfound mainstream respect for the industry as a whole. And I think that that's something that's great um, for AEW, for WWE, and pro wrestling fans alike. Yeah, 100%. I was reading, uh, it's not on the run sheet here, but I was reading Sean Ron uh, Sapp's Fightful report the other day about how Warner Brothers Discovery is pushing AEW to do more pay-per-views as part of whatever kind of deal they're putting together here. And I I don't know. I'm expecting something big here by year's end for, for Warner Brothers Discovery and AEW. They just seem so lockstep here right now. And I, I think they're I think they're gonna get the big bag of money, Brad. I think AEW is about to get a significant amount of money that is gonna make people stop worrying if they're gonna be around in 10, 20 years. I think I think they're about to, to show up and show out when it comes to, to finances. With I WBD. think it'd be great for stability in the in the industry to have um, AEW get the big bag, as you put it. And I know that we're going to talk about it later on. And people always the conversation recently has been about you know ratings and AEW's drop offs and audience numbers and things like this. Um, and, and to me, that's all relative. It's what is what are the benchmarks that Warner Brothers Discovery wants to see? And are they getting those? And if they are, that's why you're seeing them invest. Or they have to be. And that's why they're investing so much in AEW as an entity. All right. Well, hey, we will get to all of this and more. Obviously, a lot of teases. We walked right up to the line of talking about stuff on the run sheet here. We got walked right up to it, but we didn't go over the line, right? <laughs> um, we got a big show, obviously, planned here today. And if you're watching us right now in video form, you are watching us on Premier Streaming Network, the only place to find House of Wrestling in video form. It gets a, goes out every Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, first run. Find us here, video form over on PSN. Later in the afternoon, we put the audio version of the show up over on the House of Wrestling podcast feed, which is always wonderful, and you can leave nice comments. I really like that type stuff. Uh, later on here in the show, you're going to get to hear my conversation with Zelina Vega from the Money in the Bank Media Junket. It's about two minutes long. It's not, it's not, not very long, but we did get to talk about something I've wanted to ask her about for a while now which is the uh, new WWE Twitch deal um, because obviously she kind of left the company there for a while over the Twitch deal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was a really good conversation. We'll play that at the end here and then we'll wrap it up for everybody. Uh, so stick around uh, after Brad, we got some Zelina Vega coming and of course, check out house of wrestling.com H a U S of wrestling.com. Everything we talk about here on the show today, I've written about in some, form or fashion over on the site i've tried to give more context and detail as well so go check it out um first of all in the news segment uh we'll get it out of the way here uh unfortunate news uh the community lost a member yesterday mike mantar halleck passed away at the age of 55 he went quietly in his sleep 
uh, based on what his uh, um, daughter Demi said over on Facebook. You know, look, it, it, it you just say Mantar, you want to kind of laugh and smile, sure. you know, because it's yeah. so ridiculous. And like, what a crazy thing to kind of be known for, but seemed like a good dude. And a lot of well wishes were being sent out for Mike Halleck yesterday. Yeah, what, you're right. When you hear Mantar, you see the picture of Mantar. Um, yeah, you definitely chuckle because it's for sure a gimmick of a of a bygone era, as we were talking about earlier um, in professional wrestling, that uh, would never, ever get over in, in today's climate. But I'm not saying that we would never see anything like Mantar again because you, you never know in this crazy world. But um, it, it is always sad when a m- member of the fraternity passes away, especially at the tender age of 55. I'm not sure if there if there was any um, illnesses that he had or what have you. But yeah. nevertheless, all of that's irrelevant. You know, we just remember Mantar. And and here's the thing, too. If um, if Mantar puts a smile on your face when you say his name, not a bad not a bad uh, legacy to have. Right. No, not at all. Not at all. And, you know, that's the thing is I think about how young he was at 55. And then you think about like how long ago that character was, you know, it kind yeah. of puts it. It's like young guy comes in Vince McMahon, all jacked up on coffee and whatever else grabs this bullhead, says, you want to be on TV, kid? Goddamn right. This man took the head and ran with it. That is that is the epitome of what this business is kind of about, which is just taking ideas and making the most of them and look i had to go down i had to go down and do a little research in the mantar to be able to write this you know piece for the site and this guy worked with everybody right bret hart or scott hall uh gold dust i mean ultimate warrior was his last in-ring appearance for wwe wow yeah dude that i mean just a lot of people that he got to work with and so i i'm interested to get more mike halleck stories because uh, I plan on bringing him up, you know, based on people I talked to that that actually worked with him. I want to find out more about this guy. I feel like I only I, I don't know enough about Mike Halleck, the man that was Mantar, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and and here's the also thing for him to have been working with all those guys. It also shows that the office trusted him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going to go in the ring with somebody if they think that you're you know dangerous or you can't keep up with top tier talent. Those are all top names, especially in the time when he was in the company. And um, like you said, this is the thing about pro wrestling. If you are giving an oppor- given an opportunity to go out on national television, um, and no matter what character you're asked to portray, taking that opportunity and trying to make something of it is a hallmark of this industry. So I, I salute guys like Mike Halleck, like the Duke, the Dumpster Drossies, and even like the Doink, the Clowns, and any of these gimmicks that we think about, you know, because you have to go out there in something that you prop. Look, I'm sure Mike Halleck felt silly at times wearing the the mantar gimmick i mean he you have to but he went out there and they the man did his job and at the end of the day you know that's why i will always salute people who and i i don't know i mean i don't know what you know afterward he ever had issues with wwe or whatever i'm not sure but i never heard anyone uh ever say anything bad about the guy ever and um so shout out to mantar you know you know rest in power my friend and you know um look your, your legacy is going to continue on. We're always going to, Mantar is one of those gimmicks that's always going to get brought up when you talk about gimmicks, you know, the, the term gimmicks. You'll talk about Mantar. Well, I feel like Mantar action figures have to be a collectible. Oh, God. Can you imagine a pop, like a pop vinyl, like uh, a Funko, uh, a Mantar Funko? The thing would fly off the shelves. Man, I feel like if there's a Mantar Pro Wrestling T store, it's probably doing quite well right now. Um, 
sending our best to the Halleck family and Absolutely. all of Mike's family, friends, and fans. Uh, all right, on to the business, man. We teased it up top, WWE. And really, the business, we got some good news for AEW here later on as well, but the business as a whole, rocking and rolling right now. They did over 3 million views this past Friday for Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. They did their all-time arena gate record at money in the bank i believe they also set their smackdown record gate in in london as well well wwe stock price is certainly benefiting from this because uh this past tuesday they set their high they set their high value the highest value ever for their price of their stock 112 dollars 22 cents to put that in perspective last year at this time the stock was valued at $62.69. So if you bought WWE stock last year at this time, you've turned $1 into two. That is a that is insane, Brad. That's a crazy turnaround. Uh, it is absolutely insane. And I remember a few years ago, it got up high. It got up to like nine, I think a little like in the 90s per share. And then it dropped back down, like you said, to the 60s. I remember one time pre-launch of the network, because this was something I was interested in following. WWE was trading at like $37 a share. So imagine if you're like a long timer and you bought a bunch of stock back 10 years ago, you've really cashed in. You've more than almost quadrupled your money at this point. And I think that it's attributed to several things. Obviously, everything business wise, attendance is up. Uh, Pay-per-view or excuse me, premium live event numbers are doing well. They're doing more international shows. The merger with UFC and WME, I'm sure, only helps bolster the value of the stock uh, moving forward. And if it's if you're in the WWE head office and the executive uh, membership and executive leadership, you've had a pretty good three months, man. Coming from WrestleMania to now, this has been quite quite one hell of a roller coaster that's only gone up. I I, don't, I think it goes back further than that. You know, I think it goes back to the Rumble, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit before the Rumble, um, because they set the stage so perfectly for the year with Cody's win at the Rumble, right? Mm -hmm. Um, they made Gun they made Gunther look like a million bucks, and I, I think they're uh, look. It's interesting because the first match on that show I think was maybe the worst match I've ever seen in person, which was L.A. Knight versus Bray Wyatt in that Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Right. But the rest of that card was a banger, man. I mean, just a straight up banger. Brock looked good. They they did such a good job setting the tone for the year, and you know, it's interesting. It's interesting how high the price is right now, because I think it's going to go higher because I think that the Endeavor announcement, like the fact that you're getting acquired acquisitions lead to stock prices shooting up, right? We are still riding that wave right now. I mean, granted the, the good creative, the good numbers, all that, it bolsters it as well. But I, I think there's a lot of other people too, that are just getting in the bandwagon right now because they see that this thing is definitely going through. I don't know what happens to the WWE stock when they launch TKO holdings. Does it just get absorbed into that does it cease to exist um i'm not do you do you have to I, sell your shares at the end of it like i don't know what happens in that situation i do think your shares get converted because i remember in the initial press release <clears throat> the new merger the new merged company is going to trade under the tko brand so i'm assuming that they just all get absolved in your shares i know like i don't know enough about stocks so trust me if anybody's basing their opinion on what brad gilmore's saying right i was about now, to say we are not business people <laughs> don't, we're don't not doing it yes, exactly. but I, but i do know that when companies get purchased uh and merged there's a absorption of stock and sometimes there's actually a, a a dilution in what your stock is valued at like if i'm if i have wwe stock and i'm trading it in for tko stock 
it actually might not be worth as much. So for some shareholders, you might want to check that out. This could be a, a really good time to cash in if that proves true. But again, yeah, I'm not I, a business well, person. Well, and I've just been watching a lot of business documentaries recently, GameStop Eat the Rich. But, you know, I do get the vibe that this is something to hang on to just before the uh, actual merger is mm -hmm. finalized, right? Because I think that, I mean, look, they're, they're, I don't see this trajectory slowing down here that much. It is interesting that they are not going overseas with the next couple pay-per-views. They're keeping them here domestically. I'm interested to see how much difference the vibe is away from these kind of major markets but I, I i don't see any reason for this to slow down i mean they're there's they got as hot a hand as they've ever had at the moment especially coming off of great premium live events like you're saying abroad um but your first one back is SummerSlam in detroit i mean you and i were at SummerSlam last year in nashville and that was a spectacle and i can only imagine the wave that they're riding now uh and, and where we're seeing things go for SummerSlam, that's going to be quite the environment to perform in, especially Detroit, which I don't know the last time there was one of the big five or big four pay-per-views uh, pay or premium live events in Detroit. It's probably been a minute. It has, yes. It, it's been a minute. And like, um, they're they're going to, it was it Pittsburgh for payback or something mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, I they're hitting Pittsburgh. a lot of, they're, they're hitting a lot of markets where it's just like, okay, interesting. It just feels smaller to me having watched them just in puerto rico and london and watching these crowds that don't get wrestling that often i'm just interested to see how um, the american audience feels after being given these just crazy events you know what i mean so i see your point i think detroit's going to be off the chain i just think that that crowd's going to be off the chain because again i can't remember a show and again when you think SummerSlam, you don't think detroit michigan like, that's not the first thing that pops up in your head, um, at least in my uh, regard. You think of, I mean, even when they were doing the shows in Brooklyn, I didn't think, like, that was really a match. But, you know, it's New York. It's a major market. It's the summertime. It's hot out there. Sure. But Detroit, I really think it's going to I think it's gonna be special, man. I think that crowd is going to be nuts. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to throw – I'm going to jump down the run sheet here. Just while we're talking business stuff, I want to point out AEW's uh, Saturday Night Collisions viewership. Now, like you said, viewership is only one metric of many metrics. Uh, but based off a previous report, also from Fightful, also about WBD, they're not looking for exactly a certain, we need a half million viewers. We need uh, 750,000 viewers. They're looking for ranking. They want placement. So uh, they're looking for a top five finish for AEW Collision to consider it a win. Um, so this past Saturday's Collision did 580,000 viewers. It was up about 28% overall from the week before. Uh, 279,000 of those viewers were in that 18 to 49 category, putting it at number five for cable originals for the day. Now, that's a win. They've done this three times now. I believe it goes four, five, and then they drop to ninth for the pre-tape um, episode uh, for week three. Now they're back into the top five. Do you think that they can keep this momentum going? They threw a lot out there this past Saturday night, you know? Yeah, you, the 28% increase in overall viewership definitely came from you know Punk and Joe being the promoted big match on Collision. Um, you're going to have to heavily rely on star power to draw eyeballs on a Saturday night. And you know what? And I've said this about Rampage, too. Friday nights and Saturday nights are historically very tough times for television. Yeah. Um, just in general. People are out. People are doing things on the weekend. They're out with their families. They're out on date night. They're going to concerts, to sporting events, and things of that nature. So the fact that AEW can draw 
you know, over half a million people at all is, is also kudos to them on overall viewership. That is a difficult thing. Now, um, I don't know if, and maybe you can answer this question for me, for television ratings, does this number include like any, you know, plus three or plus sevens on DVRs no. or this is just overnight viewership? This is overnight. And that's a good thing that's to good. bring up. That, yeah, that's a good thing to bring up, too, because those initial viewership numbers that we got in for the first couple of weeks of collision actually got bumped, I think, for about, by about 15 percent. I think that first episode went by came in at about 816, 816. I think by the time it was done, it was like 940,000 for the for the debut episode. Oh, damn. Yeah, so they'll probably come in around 700,000 viewers for this. And that the reason I wanted to throw this in now as we were talking about the WWE stock price is exactly what you're saying. You know, in an industry right now where people are cutting cords, where viewership is down for pretty much everything, right? Yeah. And now you're looking at a, a product here that on Friday nights did 3 million people. Now, I know it's not AEW. It's WWE. Sure. It's very certain. But it's still pro wrestling. Pro wrestling tried 3 million people on a Friday night. You flip over to Saturday night, they're doing another 700,000. This plays into why I think AEW is going to get this big bag because this was months ago. I had somebody that's pretty high up at AEW say to me, you have no idea how big of a deal this Endeavor thing is, not for WWE, but for the entire business of professional wrestling. Because when the top dog, becomes even more prestigious. Whoever's next in line, they get that bump as well. And that kind of, and that rolls downhill too. Where even companies like, you know, uh, NWA, Impact, MLW, they look a little bit more prestigious because the whole, the whole way pro wrestling gets looked at, which is, I believe, something you brought up earlier as well, changes, the perspective changes. And so I don't know if you could pinpoint it to exactly that Endeavor moment. Like I said, I think you can go back to the Rumble to kind of see where things were really starting to click. But the whole business right now, because of what's going on with WWE and AEW success, it's going to make it easier for everybody to get those big bags of money here um, with their TV rights fees coming up all at the same time. Yeah, rising tide lifts all boats. I know it's cliche, but it is apropos of the discussion and germane to the discussion that we're having now. Now, I will, and, and even to your point, yeah, it's interesting to hear somebody from AEW say that because I think that it's 100% accurate. Everyone's going to benefit from this. I was telling you even before we started the show, Reality of Wrestling, the promotion I work with in Booker T here oh, yeah. in Houston, we're we're doing record ticket sale numbers um, as well. And, and this is an independent promotion localized to the Gulf Coast, but even we are seeing the, the wrestling boom increase from just ticket sales. Yep. Um, we're, we're having record gates this on our this Saturday show. And I think that that is, again – not by accident, not because reality wrestling is, is picking up, which we are, but I'm just saying not in uh, not in part, in, in totality, the, the industry is getting hotter. Now, to answer your other question, can AEW sustain this long term and be in top five? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're really going to – it's going to come down to booking and making the television show compelling. Right. And I know AEW has been knocked by some critics as not being story-driven. It's more match-driven. Um, which I, I feel like you can make that assumption and, and assertion about AEW. I think to cr continue to have those top five numbers, an emphasis on story um, in, in compelling stories. And I say it's an unfair comparison to say something like the bloodline, but they're the hottest story right now in pro wrestling. Sure. Something that makes people want to watch long-term week to week is going to be needed uh, because you can't go to punk versus Joe every time you want to pop a rating. You understand what I'm saying? No, totally. A hundred percent. Now, I, yes. On Tuesday, I had Stephanie Chase on. We were talking about how Survivor Series coming to Chicago Thanksgiving weekend, which is usually when AEW does some kind of big dynamite, right? Like Tony Khan comes. I'm from Chicago. I love Chicago. Here's your cornucopia of pro wrestling. He loves doing the whole thing, right? So um, 
Uh, she said that, you know, with Survivor Series on Saturday night at Allstate, do you still run United? Do you do collision head to head with WWE in Chicago? I mean, talk about carny spectacle to get like old school vibes to get people talking. Would you do it? Do you do it? What do you do? I wouldn't do it. No? I wouldn't do it just because I think Survivor Series um, and WWE. Look, WWE's uh, there's no there's no con- comparison. WWE's the bigger of the two, right? And if I'm a pro wrestling fan and I have the choice between WWE, who hasn't come to Chicago maybe all year for a big pay per view, as opposed to AW, who I've seen several times this year in Chicago, I, I'm just saying I don't, I don't know. Here's the thing: if CM Punk, if CM Punk comes out and tell and like plays with it oh i'm gonna go head to head oh we're gonna teach him a lesson the pied piper of second city comes along and tells them this is the cooler thing to do i don't know man like you know the punk the punk factor is it plays it it plays in here you it know? would be interesting when you when you put it that way it would be interesting to see um oh see, man yeah it'd be interesting to see i feel see, like they don't do it though i feel like they don't do see, it you don't think I kind of think they do it. It seems like one of those things where Tony Khan gets all pissed off. And he says, fuck it. Book me the goddamn United Center. Somebody give me the United Center. Hey, man, look, look, no one loves competition more uh, than I do. I love seeing people go at it and really putting everything they have out on the table and seeing what works. Um, we've seen WWE, a WWE product and AEW go head to head before AEW had the better of that exchange when it was came to NXT things and things like that. But, um, man, running the same night as one of, like, the branded WWE shows. But here's the thing, Survivor, and this is going to come across badly, but Survivor Series is not what it was. It's not. Especially when you look at what they did with Backlash and Money in the Bank. Backlash felt bigger than a big four show. Sure. Backlash, you know? Like, wow, okay, sure. Everything is, like, on its own level now. Like, it's all kind of the same. Outside of Mania and SummerSlam, which I think do still kind of have a little bit of a vibe, everything else has kind of been elevated to this same point and it's getting real, right? Like you look at these numbers for Wembley, the all time, all time attendance record could be set all time. UK attendance record obviously would be set. WWE hates that, right? Yeah. They're coming into Tony Khan's backyard. This dude is off the chain. Like Tony Khan does not like to be messed with like this. <laughs> this man's going to react. I, I think he, God damn it. Get me Phil. Phil, we got to make this right, Phil. We got to make this right. We got to show them that they can't push us around like this, Phil. Do something, Phil. Do it. One Bill Phil is going to come through. We'll see, man. We'll see. I like the idea. I love when people, like, again, I love when people put it on the table. They say, this is what I got. Let's see who's the better man or who's the better company, who's the better woman. Um, We'll see, man. I just, I feel like if you're asking me right now, I don't think they do it. Well, here, here's the thing. A lot of players are coming back into the fold here right now. You know, a lot of like John Cena randomly showing up at Money in the Bank. Very interesting. Very interesting, right? When the business is hot and these guys are looking to get that rub, right? Wrestling's cool right now, so it's okay to be a part of wrestling. I thought I was so caught off guard when I saw Grayson Waller putting on the old Rocky Maya Via MSG debut uh, outfit and is taunting The Rock with this... Dude, that's crazy. That's like a that's a very expensive piece of pro wrestling memorabilia right there. He's taught and Dwayne Johnson's getting back and forth with him. And now you got Grayson Waller inviting The Rock onto the Grayson Waller effect. Dude, they're they're bringing in everybody. Everybody's coming back to the party right now. The Grayson Waller thing is interesting. I mean, I've liked what they've done with him thus far. 
My, and, you know, him getting the rub from Cena, it only helps him, right? That elevates him. There are a lot of people who probably are watching Money in the Bank because it's one of the big shows who are still unfamiliar with Grayson Waller. He's in there with John Cena. It elevates his profile. Him doing this with The Rock, Rock still. And I know I feel like we've said this for a decade, but he's still one of the biggest stars in the world. You can go in any country, in any place in this planet and say The Rock, and people know who you're talking about. I mean, that is his effect. Um, in the world round. So to have that rub from the rock is great. My only thing with Grayson Waller is I hope that he doesn't go kind of the way of an Elias. You remember when Elias was having a lot of those interactions with top names, Undertaker, Cena. At, he had the interaction with Cena at WrestleMania. I mean, that was a huge rub at Mania 35. Yeah. And, um, and it didn't translate into people buying into him long term. And I don't want to see that with Grayson Waller. Like, I like that he's getting the rubs. Trust me, this is only good for him. But let's, I don't want him being boxed in a- at all. I mean, this guy this guy has the potential, man. I mean, I watched him a lot in NXT. And Grayson Waller has tremendous potential to actually turn into something for this company long term. And, um, and I want to see that happen. I just don't want him to be um, stifled in any way. I think it's different. And I'm a big fan of Elias. Me too. Uh, I think he's great, but he doesn't have he does not have the same charisma. charisma. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like there is a kind of intangible thing there with Grayson Waller. It's almost a little MJF-y, right? Where it's just a little like bit. you definitely want to punch him in the face. Like he has that, mm-hmm. that, that in a good way. But you also kind of respect the hustle, right? Yeah. Like you, you you're like, well. But you also kind of rule. But you know, I also really hate you. You know, yeah. so I think it's different. I think they, I think they stay with this guy, unless you know, unless he gets himself in trouble. But you know, he has a background in television. He was like on Australia Survivor and stuff. Pretty sure this guy's pretty well PR trained and knows where to <laughs> knows where to uh, draw the line. Yeah, do, they, do you, yeah. Do you think that The Rock shows up? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Why would you do the tease and not pay it off? Well, you know? I mean, but but also, Cena was talking about WrestleMania in London, and apparently, there's no <laughs> real smoke to that fire. But you know, I mean, yeah, it could. It, I, I would love to see it. I would love to see The Rock back in any way, man. In any way, the whole London WrestleMania tease was just such projection. You know, like, oh, you guys are going to go sell out Wembley and set that. Well, we could just mention Mania in London, and it kind of feels the same, doesn't it? Like we're doing big stuff too. It was an odd. It was an odd comment to make, but I would. But look, if WrestleMania ever does go to the UK, I mean, forget about it. Whatever record was set before, it's gonna it'd be obliterated. I wouldn't be shocked to see Rock show up at SummerSlam and Grayson Waller effect. I don't know what his schedule's like. You know what he can and can't do. Uh, but look, the guy could use the rub right now, and I feel weird saying that, but he hasn't had a run of great films and successes as of late. Um, is tequila... what was the last movie he was in? What was his last big movie? It I was Black Adam. Of... Oh yeah, Black Adam, yeah, which Black was Adam. controversial. Know, very, yeah, right. And then yeah. like XFL ate a sixty million dollar loss. And granted, he knows it's a long term investment, so we'll see where that goes. This tequila brand's doing great, but no, I think he could use a little burst of uh some WWE rub. I I could see him at SummerSlam. I don't know. I I don't I don't get the vibe he he's gonna do anything with Roman in the bloodline. Mm-mm. Right? I don't feel that. I, I feel like that window's closed. I feel like no, that time. I mean, you can always open it. Trust me. I mean, if The Rock says I want to wrestle Roman, you're going to figure it out. I've had people tell me that, like, the actual competition between Roman and Dwayne is, like, tangible. 
Like it's really? not just, yeah. Like they really want to outdo each other and become the bigger star than the other person. So take that for what it's worth, right? I don't know if Dwayne wants to give him that rub, as weird as that sounds. So, well, you know, but he did it before, right? I mean, like as far as coming out with him at at the Royal Rumble, he put The Rock. I mean, he put Roman in um, the Fast and Furious spinoff movie. But look, look out there's, for him and there's a difference between bringing somebody up and then putting them past you. Yeah, that's true. And, and I think that we've seen him in the past, like, oh yeah. I'll help my little cuz out. I'll help bring him up a little bit. Now little cuz is like, mm, I may be the biggest draw in WWE history. And it, when I'm done here, I might come for your spot in Hollywood next. And I don't know how Dwayne feels about that. It's interesting. It, it is interesting. I, I think that Roman, and this is not taking anything away from him, who's doing the best work of his career and the best work of many people's careers could ever dream of, right? But The Rock, charisma-wise, I, I, there's very few people who's even in that conversation. What are you talking about? L.A. Knight? You know, the <laughs> L.A. Knight, Rock 2.0. And I don't agree with that assertion either. Um, I do a little bit. You, anyway. d- I, you know what? Until it was pointed out to me, I never made the connection. But what I think of it as is like, say you're um, you did a lot of uh, uh, comedy and, and things of that nature. I yes. think you might agree with this. You might listen. You know, I don't know who your guy was. I don't know if you were a David Tell guy or you're a. I don't know who you were, who your guy was. But a lot of the times you start off by doing almost an impression of who you were influenced most by to even start in the beginning. And you, when you look when L.A. Knight broke into business, the two hottest names in the world were Steve Austin and The Rock. And if they're the two most over guys, I'm going to try to even, even if it's subconsciously, model myself after the two biggest people in the industry of the industry I'm trying to break into. And some of that probably just never goes away. I think that he's got a style unique to himself. I do think he's reminiscent of that era of wrestling and that style of cutting a promo. Um, but I don't look at him as, as Kevin Nash said, as a, as a, the rock ripoff. That's so interesting because uh, on the run sheet here, I have this note about how The Rock and David Letterman are among the producers for this upcoming authorized Andy Kaufman documentary. And yeah, I'd say I think it's pretty fair to say I was doing an Andy Kaufman impression most of my career (laughs) (laughs) to the point to a ridiculous extent at different points. But yes, I I, I absolutely see the point. And by the way, that's really cool what's going on with this doc. I don't know if you go read about it on the site. Family's involved. George Shapiro's estate is involved. This thing's in, I hope it's a series. I hope it's not just a movie. I hope it's like a six-part Andy Kaufman docu-series. So. And, and, and Andy Kaufman is one of my favorites of all time. And I'm not just comedians or, or, or celebrities who've crossed into pro wrestling. I just find him as a fascinating entertainer. And the fact that we're going to finally get a documentary that the family's involved in and, and that we can really see as much as we can know the true story of Andy Kaufman, uh, the truer version of his life, because The Man on the Moon was a great film. Um, even the Jim and Andy doc, I, I'm sure that you saw that on Netflix. Which oh, is watched crazy. it when it, it, it had been out maybe an hour before I had consumed it. Same, same. <laughs> and I've read the books from Bob Zamuda and, and everything about Andy Kaufman. And to see this and to have someone like The Rock involved in Letterman, uh, two people, or I mean, The Rock representing wrestling. Um, which was so paramount to the career of Andy Kaufman. And then you can't you can't tell the story of Andy Kaufman without talking about that Letterman appearance. Like, no, you, you literally can't. have to bring it up. Um, so I love that they're involved in it. And I'm with you. Make it a 12-part docuseries. Make it like the, uh, the Judd Apatow, Gary Shandling documentary. <laughs> like, I want to see tens of hours, tens of thousands of hours. Of and look, show. I know Jerry Lawler is a... Is a 
kind of a controversial figure in some circles, but I hope he uh, I hope he gets to be a part of this. You know, it this, has to be. Well, health wise, he's not doing well. Right. He's been pulled from this big convention next month. Mm-hmm. I, I if there's one thing that he can do still, it's hopefully talking to a camera for a little bit of time about Andy. It would just mean make the project better. And I know it would, it would mean a lot to him to be able to kind of do that with what he can at the moment. So and Bill after go call Bill after get him involved. He's the one who's responsible for putting Jerry and Andy together. So, and you know what, Bill After can talk. <laughs> Bill After's great. <laughs> uh, yes, I was there. It was at me. I was in my uh, apartment. It was a cockroach-filled apartment. It was terrible. It was awful. It was fire. I was with Muhammad Ali the night before. <laughs> yeah, he was sleeping in a flea-ridden bed, and I was like, Muhammad, you don't have to do that. And he's like, oh, I'll do it, champ. And he called me champ, and it was wild, you know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bill after shout out to Bill, but yeah, oh. I mean, doing, doing Andy Kaufman documentary and the thing about Andy Kaufman, I mean, can you think of a celebrity who really put into like, who really took what pro wrestling is and took it into the mainstream environment of that day and just lived, he lived the gimmick. Like he lived up to that term. I, he lived the gimmick. Andy, Andy and Jerry, because I think Jerry was the governor on Andy, so I'll give him sure. co- I'll give him co credit. Reinvented pro wrestling, a hundred percent. They changed it. They changed the perception of it. They changed the way you could do things. Uh, that Memphis style, uh, you know, and, and that's why I, I give Jerry as much credit because that Memphis style really is what changed the game, right? That yeah. Memphis, Memphis, Memphis wrestling is what changed uh, the perception, changed the way the style of pro wrestling presented. They were a lot more. It was a lot more brawls. The Von Erics were doing this, you know, as well down in Texas a little bit. Not a little bit, a lot of bit. But that kind of style that the Von Erics and Lawler were were putting together there in the seventies. That's what really set the the template, I think, for for what was to come. And then you drop a guy like Andy Kaufman into that Memphis style with his mind, you know. And they're like, look, you don't need to know how to throw suplexes. We'll do a pile, but you could just go out there and brawl. You go out there and just make noise. You can just go out there and piss me. Who cares? Who cares? Just go be Andy. Go be Andy. Get it, man. That's why I love. I cannot wait. This is probably when I saw this announcement. This was like last dance when they announced the last dance, the documentary, uh, the Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls documentary. My anticipation level was at like an eleven. Now for this one, it's at a twelve. I can't wait to see this. I I may have been texting everyone I know at Seven Bucks Productions, just being like, "You have my full attention." To the point that I may have run off people that I'm close to. So, anyway, uh, you know, I had a chance yesterday to chat with Kevin Sullivan for Inside the Ropes. That's going to drop, I think, tomorrow. The Taskmaster, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually brought and I had just been writing about Andy, but we I wanted to ask him about Brian Pillman Jr. because PW Insider saying. Brian Pillman Jr. no longer with AEW. He's left. He's not getting his contract renewed. This is happening to a lot of guys that were just featured on Dark, right? Guys and women as well um, getting let go. But anyway, I was I was comparing the work that Kevin did with Pillman Sr. to Andy and Jerry, right? Because he's sitting here telling me how he's like, oh, yeah, you know, when he's saying I, I respect you, Booker Man, and doing all this stuff where everybody's like, they think they're nice. He's like, we were on the phone at night talking, you know, like figuring stuff out. And, and it just was so, so much... Cool. Right. And you're here and you're sitting here listening to Kevin Sullivan tell you about what it was like to put together stuff with Brian Pillman Sr. when everybody thinks he's the loose cannon and completely insane, you know? So that's so great. You know, I hate to hear about Brian Pillman Jr., who I thought hell of a hand um, and, and could really could really have been something, you know, if given the right um, packaging, the right push. I mean, that's with anybody, but he really had a lot of talent and I and I liked him. So I'm sure he's going to have a, a, a great career for himself. And maybe another promotion or find his way through the independence and find his way back to AEW um, at, at some point. 
But um, yeah, definitely hate to hear that. But really cool to hear about Kevin Sullivan and, and cooking stuff up with Brian Pillman Sr. I, I, I need to go seek this interview out now. Oh yeah, it's gonna be dropping. Uh, it's gonna be dropping tomorrow. It's very very good. I I didn't know what to expect. I'd never ever met Kevin Sullivan. We'd never talked. He's one of those guys you just kind of pull the string and you just sit back and wait and watch and listen and very very interesting. Talking all talking about all about putting together the NWO. You know little stuff. Um. All right. Before we get to this interview with Selena Vega, one more thing I definitely wanted to bring up from the run sheet here. Um. O- overnight there was this press conference at a UFC event. One of the fighters talked about. Uh, the women's bantamweight UFC champion talked about how uh, Ronda Rousey might be coming back to the UFC. She might be wrestling at 145 uh, or fighting at 145. Everybody started, you know, this is based off of, I had seen a speculation. It was like MMA mania, I think Mm -hmm. started this whole thing up and I didn't, I didn't know what to make of it. Ariel Helwani now chiming in saying that despite all speculation that Ronda Rousey, as she appears to be wrapping her time up in WWE and coming to UFC, uh, not true. She she is not returning to UFC for more fighting. Never made any sense to me. I If she's leaving WWE, I think she's going back to Hollywood. I don't think she's going to go back and, and get punched in the face. That just could be me, you know? I, I would not... I would not see her going back to the UFC, especially kind of how her run in UFC ended. The thing about Ronda Rousey is when she had that ascent in the UFC, there was no one at her level, right? And, and since then... Um, all the women have been more trained and and it's just like any sport, you know, the athletics become better. The knowledge of the sport techniques become better. And she's been out of it for how long now? I mean, five, six. Yeah. And you got, you got to stay in it in that kind of environment to, to stay fresh and healthy and competitive. I I just don't see it. No, it doesn't make sense to me. It does look like very well that she's wrapping up her time in WWE, um, especially with the way the angles playing out on television with her and Shayna. But yeah, I mean, I don't see her going to the UFC. If if um, she's got some opportunities in Hollywood, she could probably kill it as like a reality show host or things of that nature too in competition series. She's got options. Ronda Rousey still has name value, so I wouldn't be shocked to see her back in front of a TV screen soon. She's uh, she's on Stars on Mars right now on Fox. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, Stars on Mars. Uh, have, you, have you watched Stars on Mars? I have Mars? not, but I know what you're talking about. I've seen the, the promotions. It's a weird show. It's, well, it's not this. It sounds like a strange concept. <laughs> But my, my, much success to her. My favorite here, real quick, before we throw this, Lena, my, and this is a completely random anecdote. So the f- debut episode of Stars on Mars, um, Lance Armstrong, right? Sure. You know, you're familiar with Lance Armstrong, right? I've, I've heard of him, yes. What do, you know Lance Ar- what do you know Lance Armstrong from? Hiking and doping. Okay, great. Now, Ariel Winter, I think, is the girl from the Modern Family, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. She she's in the house and Lance Armstrong walks in and she goes, oh, my God, we have a real astronaut in the house now. <laughs> and she starts talking about how lucky and fortunate they're like real astronaut. This guy's been to space and now he's here in the house. He's going to help us on Mars. And everyone's like, do you what? <laughs> <laughs> Not Neil, sweetheart. Do you think that's Neil is Armstrong? Like She's like, oh, my God, all I wanted to do is come on this show and not embarrass myself. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Within about 45 seconds. Oh, phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal great. piece of business. Oh, great. Love it. All right. <laughs> on that note, on that note, uh, I'm going to throw here now. Very brief interview I did with Zelina Vega uh, from the WWE Money in the Bank press junket. On the other side, we'll come back and we will wrap up the show. Yeah. 
It is me, Nick Hausman, here, House of Wrestling. What an impromptu moment here between the future Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank. Selena, thank you so much for taking the time here this morning. So, uh, you could possibly walk out of here with the briefcase this weekend. We have two women's champions right now, Asuka and Rhea Ripley. Which one do you have your eye on if you are going to be able to walk out with that briefcase? It's hard to say, honestly, because I have some unfinished business, I think, with Victoria. Um, Asuka is also somebody that's, you know, my God's defensive editor. Getting a win over somebody like Asuka would be just, my God, a cherry on top of, like, a perfect passion. So, it's, it's hard to choose, really, but either way, I mean, it's no easy to beat, I'll tell you that. What do you think of the way Asuka's things audio screwed up uh and i had the nameplates had the nameplate switched on the on-screen graphic there but other than that what a great interview it happens man it happens but you know zelina vega by the way um for her to be back in the wwe for the last several years now but really this last six months for her maybe seven months six seven months i mean you could even go back to when she was queen um it's been what mm -hmm. a great time in her career but okay okay maybe not but this last <laughs> few months as a part I did not expect when I first saw the LWO t-shirts pop back up on SmackDown, I did not expect for them to catch on the way that they did. And uh, Santos Escobar and her are the two chief beneficiaries of this LWO run, man. It's been sensational for them. Nostalgia is a crazy thing, man. It is. It is, it is wild, you know. And I was listening to this podcast the other day. Nostalgia is like a fairly recent concept. Like the idea of like going back to the things you enjoyed as a child. And reminiscing about them, eh, that's kind of new. Uh, believe it or not, a lot of back in the day, people just kind of focused on work, getting through <laughs> yeah. the day, <laughs> yeah, getting through the day. They didn't. Yeah. They weren't looking back and like fondly remembering things. And so, like this whole this nostalgia, it's a crazy thing. It takes hold of people, makes them operate in crazy ways. So uh, I'm not too too surprised by the success of it. But man, I I'm all I was really kind of hope I was low key kind of hoping Santos was going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think Priest is great. But Santos, you know, you he's so talented. You got to find a way to elevate him up the ladder. And right now I feel like he's definitely stuck in the middle and people don't really take him as a, as a threat at the moment. Yeah, I think putting it, putting him in a singles title feud, even if it's like with an Austin Theory for the U.S. title or something in the, along those lines could do him well. Because when you talk about checking boxes is what you look for in a potential champion, that guy checks every 
single box. I mean, from the media obligations to the in-ring work to the, the style, the entrance, the swagger, the look, every box is checked by this guy. So, yeah, yeah, give him an opportunity. Yeah, 100%. All right, everybody. Well, we are here at the end of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in today on Premier Streaming Network to catch us in video form. And if you're listening to us in audio form, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like the show, leave a nice comment. All that stuff helps propel us up the charts, keeps us alive. Uh, you are more than welcome to do that. We really appreciate it. I'll be back on Tuesday. I'm going to be joined by former WWE writer. He's also from the Wrestle Roast podcast. Robert Carpellis will be here on the show uh, talking all about the business. Uh, I may have a big interview Knock on wood for Tuesday as well. I might record it tomorrow. I don't want to ruin it. Um, but hopefully tomorrow, if you watch us over on social media, you'll be able to find out everything we're going to be releasing next week on House of Wrestling, all the co-hosts, all the guests, all that kind of stuff. So please follow us on social media. Uh, check out the uh, check out the podcast feed. Do I have anything else on my list here? Did I say everything I'm supposed to say? I think you say? got it, man. HouseofWrestling.com. Oh, yeah. Make sure we check plug That's that. Good. That's right. Brad... What do you want to plug, put over before we wrap it up here today? Uh, just real quick, always my show, uh, every, every week with Booker T, the Hall of Fame, uh, Reality Wrestling, that's all available on Reality Wrestling YouTube channel. And um, you know what? I'll also use this because you, you're a movie fan like I am. Um, you can check out a podcast I do called Clue the Movie Podcast, where we watch one minute of the 1985 cult classic movie Clue at a time, and I discuss it with my friend Jeff Smith. So um, go check that out. It's a banger. It's a, a, what I love that movie. Why... Why were you compelled to do a podcast in this fashion? Um, so th my friend Jeff Smith did a documentary that's coming out uh, on net on no uh, Amazon Prime soon called Who Done It? The Clue documentary. I watched it. I interviewed him for it, and we decided to do a podcast where we break it down. And by the way, when you watch a movie one minute at a time, you notice so much more than a casual viewing of it. I mean, it makes sense because you're looking at it through a microscope, but you notice a whole hell of a lot more than um than you than you normally would. Okay, fair enough. Uh, 40 episodes in. Go check it out. You got time to catch up. I, I might, actually. They're very very interested in what you're talking about here right now. I'll text oh, it to you. Uh, inside the Rope, by the way, because I was busy with the 4th of July weekend and Money in the Bank, I got a little behind on my interview output for them. I have all – it's not just Kevin Sullivan. We had uh, – Kev. we have uh, Crowbar. That went out today. Paul London, I think, is going to be today. And then I think Kevin Sullivan is going to be tomorrow. So you got three big interviews over at Inside the Ropes for me here this week for them because uh, I had to make good on the deal I made with them. And you're all reaping the benefits of it for it. So uh, go check it out. Go support Inside the Ropes. All right, everybody. That's and, and, it. Well, la last thing. Last thing. I'm yes. sorry. Summer Champions 9, Reality Wrestling's biggest event of all time is going down at the Humble Civic Center. If you're in the Houston, Texas area, there's uh, limited tickets available. So go check that out as well. A true Houston area Texan calling it Humble. It's not Humble, people. It's, it's humble. not called. It's Humble. Um, all right, down the street from cut, <laughs> down the street from cut and shoot. All right, that's actually true. That is a real thing, everybody. That's a real place. That's a real place. <laughs> cut and shoot, Texas. Go, go, Google it. That is right around the corner from where I grew up in the woodlands. Right, yes, it kind of gives you a, gives you an idea of the like. You're in the woods. You cut and shoot. Right. That's where. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a way to humble yourself, right there. That right? is a way to humble yourself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Houston conversation I've ever had on the show. Uh, thank you all so much. Grab your stuff. Grab some food off the kitchen table. Grab your hat. Grab your shoes. Grab whatever. Get out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime. Mm -hmm.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.